you're thankful to be in church this morning say amen i know a lot of you are thankful i saw many many of our regular church people coming in smiling because they got their family with them and i love christmas because the time we get to spend with family and i'll just be honest i like the gifts call me childish call me selfish i kind of like that but what's even more amazing than the time we get to spend with family is that we get to celebrate the greatest gift of all that god would send his only begotten son jesus to be the savior of all mankind. And that's what this song is about. So sing this with me. He became sin who knew no sin. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so
Start this morning. You may be seated. Well, thank you, Brother Mike. And um, let me uh, do this real quick. If I can get that to stay up here. We have someone else today that we have uh, been anxiously awaiting uh, their appearance here at Fellowship Baptist Church. And this morning, um, I want you to join me in welcoming to, for the first time as well. Uh, the Fellowship Baptist Church, any church, actually, Knox Lane, actually. So where's Zane at? Zane? Zane. Excuse me. Excuse me. There's Zach. Zane is his uncle. I don't know why I'm thinking Zane. Zach, welcome. And glad that Knox is here today. Six pounds, um, 12 ounces, 20 inches long. So Elias and Knox, guys, we're glad you're here today, and glad that their families were able to make it here today as well. I want to do something very special. I hope you'll indulge me in this this morning. I want to ask all of the, the children who, who want to come and spend some time with the pastor this morning to run up here real quick. Would you do that? I'm going to have some fun with the kids. We're going to read the Christmas story. I'm going to ask them some Christmas questions. We're going to find out a little bit about mom and no, never mind. We won't do that. All right, just come up here and sit down and make yourself comfortable. We're going to be, come on right up here, Cash, right here, buddy. All right, there we go. Come on up here. You're awesome. Good. You guys having a good day already? Wow. Let me ask that one more time. You guys having a good day already? All right, awesome. How many of you got to open a, a present already? Awesome, what'd you get? I got, I got a 
That's awesome. What'd you get? Um, drumsticks. Nice. How many want to know who his dad is? Thanks, Dad. Who else raised your hand? Right over here. What'd you get, man? Nice. Not like an autographed Baker Mayfield football or anything? Yeah. He has a little brother. He wants to name him Baker. Smart guy. What'd you get, Cash? Adventure towel. Nice. Awesome. How many of you know what you got, but your parents don't know you know? <laughs> yes. Isn't that awesome about Christmas? Mom and Dad think they're so smart. They think they're so sneaky. They're not sneaky at all, are they, Cash? No. We know all that stuff. Yeah, you sneak every day. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You have an invitation right here. Sing just as I am. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you guys some Christmas questions. And I want to see how much you know about the Christmas story. And then we're going to read the Christmas story. Okay? How many of you think you know a lot about the Christmas story? Think so? All right. Here's the first question. You ready? Jesus was born in... These are all multiple choice, by the way. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Bethlehem, North Carolina. Or Bethlehem of Judah? Bethlehem of Judah. Oh, Bethlehem of Judah. How many of you knew that? All right. Awesome. Good. You can clap. That's pretty good. All right. Question number two. How did the wise men get to where Jesus was? Follow a drone? They put the address in their GPS? Or they followed a star? Awesome. Good. Give them a hand. That's these little ones. They know that. All right. Number three. Why was Jesus born in a stable? Because Joseph couldn't afford a hotel? Because their room had bed bugs? Or because there was no room in the inn? There was no room in the inn. Very good. You guys are three for three. What were the three gifts the wise men brought to Jesus? Hold on. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Three transformer rescue bots? Or wood, hay, and stubble? Um, Good. He said gold, frankenstein, and myrrh. Yes! That's good. Four for four. All right. Who gave the decree... That all the world should be taxed. Barack Obama? As for the adults. Donald Trump? Or Caesar Augustus? Caesar Augustus. Yes, nice. Parker, do you know who those other two are? You know who they are? All right, just want to make sure. <clears throat> Number six. 
What kind of clothes did Mary wrap the baby Jesus in? Baby Gap? Swaddling clothes or Jimboree? Jimboree! Uh, negative. All right, let's see here. Question. We got, we got to answer this question, Cash. Huh? All right, you want the question again. You watch too much game show, too many game shows. What kind of clothes did Mary wrap the baby Jesus in? Baby Gap, swaddling clothes, or Jimboree? Waddling clothes. He got it. All right. You guys are awesome. Okay, here's the last question. You ready? What did the angel say to the shepherds? Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. There's no place like home. Or fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That's pretty good. Give them a hand. They did great. You guys are awesome. All right, sit there just a couple more minutes. Pastor wants to read the Christmas story with you. Can I do that? All right, Luke chapter 2 is where it is. And adults, if you want to turn there, that's actually where we're going to be this morning. We'll not read this again, but if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, I'm going to reading in verse 1. And I know some of you can probably quote this like the whole way through. All right. That little girl's got a Rudolph nose down there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. It's a light. That's nice. I like it. Luke chapter 2. Here we go. And it came to pass in those days that there came out a, went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while there were, they were there, the days were accomplished that, there, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them considering this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. How many of you know away in a manger? You guys know that? Can we sing that for all of the adults this morning? Sing it really, really loud so all the adults, your grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and aunts and uncles and cousins can hear you. Okay, you ready? Let's sing it together. Away in a Awesome job. Give him a hand. You did good this morning. Go find your parents. All right. Lord bless. Brother Mike. Amen. Let's all stand. We'll sing as well. We'll sing Silent Night together. Stand with me. Silent Night. Silent Night.
See at this time, Heather will come and sing a special for us. Everything inside me cries for order. Everything inside me wants to hide Is the shadow of an angel or a warrior If God is pleased with me Why am I so terrified Someone tell me I am only dreaming Someone help me see eyes and before my head agrees my heart is on its knees holy is he blessed am I before Thank you. 
Thank you, Heather, and thank you again for being here today, and uh, I know that uh, many of you have young ones, and uh, feel free, if, if they do get a bit restless, uh, you can view and hear everything from before you, uh, if you choose to do that. If you have your Bible, we are going to be in Luke 2, as I mentioned a moment ago. Christian radio host Ron Hutchcraft tells of a, an unforgettable Christmas experience that he had a few years ago. He said he was visiting a theme park that hosted a Christmas festival every year, including a Christmas service in a uh, old log chapel. And he attended the service where they sung some old carols and then spent a short time in prayer. And he said that while everyone else had their eyes closed, that he opened his how many of you have ever been guilty of doing that? Yes. And he noticed that someone had slipped in uh, into the service and was sitting on the bench across from him. And when he opened his eyes, he looked over and he saw that it was Santa Claus. And he was wearing his red suit and he had a real, literally real white beard and had real white hair and he said his head was bowed and he was praying and Hutchcraft said I've seen a lot of Santas but I've never seen one praying before as he continued telling his story he said he visited with Santa afterwards and Santa told him how he tried to remind each boy and girl who sat on his lap of the Savior who came on Christmas to die for us. As he finished recounting his experience, Hutchcraft said it was amazing that even Santa knew what Christmas is for. I want to revisit our text from last week. We finished up a three-week series last Sunday uh, on the fear not statements of the three angels and I'll not reread the story, I've already read it this morning, but with the Lord's help, I want to preach to you just as quickly as I can under this title today, Celebrate Jesus, the Reason for the Season. As Luke records that a, a small group of shepherds was 
quietly watching their flocks. It was nighttime, and there really wasn't anything noticeably different that would make them think that this night was, was going to be unlike all of the other nights that they had spent on the hillside uh, along with, with, their, uh, with their sheep. But little did they know as they kissed their wives goodnight and, and probably hugged their uh, and kissed their children before walking out the door. Little did they know that what they were about to experience would not only change their lives, but would change the lives of many, many millions of people all around the world for centuries to come. I don't know if you caught what the angel said in our text when I was reading the story. It's in verse 10. He said that Christmas would bring good tidings of great joy to all people. Unfortunately, there are many today and maybe even some here this morning who would question the angel's announcement because great joy does not describe what Christmas time brings to them every year. It's more like great grief or great sorrow or great pain or great loneliness and for some, great depression. For others, it's great anxiety because their relationships with family are strained and uncomfortable and they're going to be forced to spend time with them. For some here, maybe you're just worn out. Just worn slap out from all of the things that have happened in your life this past year. And, and honestly, great joy is not where it's at for you today. Regardless of your current situation, I trust that you'll give the Lord your heart this morning. And as we focus our collective thoughts on this one thought, Christmas is a time for celebration. There are three things in particular worth celebrating about Christmas. Number one, I would present this to you that this is a time to celebrate the fact that God loves you. In the most important verse in all of the scripture, John chapter 3 and verse 16, Jesus said this to a man named Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John would go on and write later in the book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Listen, God loves us so much, that he came to earth as a human so we could understand what he's really like. Paul put it like this in 2 Timothy, God was manifest in the flesh. Theologians call that the incarnation. None of God's other creation, listen, none of God's other creation has the privilege of knowing him like we do. He created us in his own image, which includes the ability to have a personal relationship with him. I mean, God could have chosen a thousand different ways to communicate uh, with us, but since he made us, he knew the best way to do it 
was to do it face to face. I mean, think about it. Had God wanted to communicate with birds, then he would have come as a bird. If he wanted to communicate uh, 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 with cows, then he would have come as a cow. But he wanted to communicate with us, so he became one of us. And I don't know that anybody puts it as beautifully in the scriptures as the Apostle Paul does in the book of Philippians chapter 2 when he writes this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Answer me this this morning. If you wanted to communicate your love for someone, would you send someone else to tell them that? Oh, yeah, maybe in third grade you'd write a note, give it to your buddy, and he'd go and take it to the girl that you had a crush on. Hey, tell her I like her. No, as an adult, if you, if you love someone and you want them to know that, then you, you make an effort to let them know that in person. And that's exactly what God did at Christmas. You know that God was thinking about you before he ever created the earth? That's a pretty incredible thought. That's why he created it with just the right environment and with just the right characteristics. He did it so human beings could live on it. If God didn't want to love you, listen, he wouldn't have created you. You are not an accident this morning. He made you so he could love you. The reason you're alive and breathing today it's because God loves you. Every time your heart beats and every time you take a breath, God is saying, I love you. And by the way, his love is, is, is so greater than ours because his is unconditional. That means that God loves you as much on your bad days as he does on your good days. That means that he loves you even when you don't feel love. And his love is not based on your performance. It's not based on your mood. It's not based on your thoughts. Listen, there's nothing that you can do to make God stop loving you. Because his love is based on his character, not your conduct. His love is based on who he is, not on what you've done. Now, one of the most common mistakes made at Christmas time is the mistake of leaving Jesus in the manger. Jesus didn't stay a baby his entire life. He grew just as you and I grow. And he eventually became a man. And as a man, he lived a, an exemplary life to show us how we ought to live in a way that pleases God. He traveled thousands of miles teaching truth during his uh, three-and-a-half-year earthly ministry. They eventually nailed him to a cross. And there he paid the price for every sin 
that you and I have ever committed. Following his death, they buried him in a tomb. But just three short days later, he proved that he was God and that he could save us by coming out of that tomb. That, my friend, is good news. Christmas is a time to celebrate God's love. It's also a time to celebrate his presence. As I mentioned in the introduction, Christmas uh, can be a, a time that, uh, that is very lonely for, for some people. And, 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 and though you know all of the verses and, and you've heard all of the Christmas messages, you just don't feel like God is with you. Well, guess what? God's presence in your life has nothing to do with your feelings. Whether you feel his presence or not, if you're saved, he's with you. And just a word here uh, about feelings, be careful. Sometimes the worst advice that you could ever get is this, well, just do what you feel is right. Our feelings are not always real nor are they always right. Come on, our feelings can change with things like memories or, 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 or hormones or medicine or food or lack of sleep or tension or any number of things. So my, my encouragement to you this morning is this, rather than trusting in your feelings, trust God's word which says this, therefore the Lord himself shall, shall give you a sign, behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That was the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 7 and verse 14 and we find out that the, the meaning of that word Emmanuel, the gospel of Matthew tells us this, interpreted it means God with us. Hey, it's no wonder the angel told the shepherds not to be afraid. You lose your fear when God is near. God's presence trumps our panic. I certainly do not know everyone's story here this morning, but it might include the fact that at some point in your life you were abandoned. Perhaps it was by a spouse or your parents or, or your children or People who you thought were your friends. Abandonment and rejection are always very painful. But I'm thankful that with respect to our relationship with the Lord, we have this promise when he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Even when we feel like we're drowning in sorrow or we're being consumed by the heat of, of trials and tribulation, listen, God is with us. I love what Isaiah said. He said, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Listen to me this morning, Christian. You are not alone. Ever. God loves you. God is with you. And then this is also a season to celebrate the fact that God, and this is a big one, God is for you. Many people feel that God is against them. 
That, that somehow he's involved in this never-ending game of gotcha and he's constantly waiting for, for them to mess up so he can just put the smack down on them. Well, listen, God is not some kind of, of cosmic boogeyman that we need to, to be scared of and that we need to run away from. He doesn't want us running from him. Listen, he wants us to run to him. Why else would he say, come to me? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, is the invitation that he gives in Matthew chapter 11. We don't have to be afraid of God. God loves us. And God's with us. And God's for us. As I've said before, God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. Jesus made it perfectly clear. I, I, I showed you John 3.16. Well, look at John 3.17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen, if any verse in the Bible teaches us that God is for us, it's John 3, 17. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. Why? Because he's for us. With respect to our sin, Jesus didn't come to rub it in. Bless God, he came to rub it out. Jesus wants to erase all of your sin, and he will do that. Listen, he'll do that the very moment you call on his name. The wonderful truth of Christmas was revealed in the angel's words to the shepherds when he said, fear not. Jesus came to save us, not scare us. That's reason to celebrate. The good news of Christmas is worth celebrating for three reasons. Number one, it's personal. The angel said, I bring you. It's positive. said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And it's universal. Shall be to all people all people can we go back just for a minute to the thought of of the good news of christmas being personal one of our deacons and myself a couple of years ago were making a call on a, a family that had been visiting the church here and i remember as we knocked on the door and the door opened we were greeted by two very, very excited little girls who were there with Grandpa. So Grandpa opened the door, and these girls, they were just so excited. And, and we got to visiting with, with Grandpa, and as children do when they think they're losing the guest attention, one of them felt like she had to do something to get our attention back, and, and so she she. Yelled, Grandpa, Grandpa, one of the, the gifts under the tree has my name on it. Isn't that how children are? 
Now, come on, isn't that how adults are? <laughs> it's got my name on it. You realize that that's what Christmas is all about. That first Christmas was all about a gift that has your name on it. Over 2,000 years ago, God didn't wrap, <laughs> unlike was said this morning, he wasn't wrapped in jamboree. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. And he had your name on it. That gift had my name on it. Paul talks about it in Romans 6, 23. He says, for the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me tell you this today about God's gift to you. It has three qualities that make it very, very unique. First of all, it's the most expensive gift that you'll ever get for free. For free. Jesus paid for it with his life. And he offers it to you today here's the second thing that makes it unique it's the only gift that you'll ever receive that will last forever if your kids and grandkids are like ours they're going to get all kinds of gifts and they'll be shoved to the side and they'll play with the boxes and at some point if you're a grandparent maybe this has already been told to you please do not get our kids any more toys so we didn't. We got him a drum set. <laughs> no, not really. We didn't do that. But listen, the gift of Christmas, if you'll receive it, is a gift that will stay with you forever. And then here's the third thing that makes it unique. It's extremely practical. Because it's one that you will use every day for the rest of your life. God's gift of eternal life is wrapped up in Jesus. And it's waiting for you to open by faith. Would you pray with me today? I know that The kiddos are getting restless, and I 